I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Take one. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Spool Film Podcast with your favourite film folk, Pork McGill and me, Nigel Weekly. Hi, Pork. Hi, Nigel. How's it going? So we haven't done a podcast in quite a while, probably because uh, we've lost maybe a little bit of enthusiasm for talking films at a time when we can't watch films together. But despite that, we're here to recap the last few weeks of watching across Netflix, Amazon Prime, YouTube... Uh, DVDs, VHS, Super 8s and any other digital film festivals that have been uh, presented to us. So, um, and I guess because there's so few films that are true kind of national conversation starters like uh, James Bond, No Time to Die should be right now. We're just going to do some, I guess, kind of rapid fire reviews of some things that have stood out over the last little while. So as always, you can find our watch histories and film ratings on letterboxd.com. Just search for Poric, P-A-R-A-I-C, or uh, Wheatland 2 W-H-E-A-T-L-N-2 on that website. That sounds like an ad, but it is not. Uh, Poric, how are you? Where do you want to start with this remotely recorded monstrosity of a podcast yeah like as kind of nigel was saying it is going to be a broad sweep of the streaming services so it's pretty good they got their act together for the pandemic like we've got netflix disney apple now movies uh, a whole suite uh, of streaming services so it's great can be a bit expensive but i suppose in the broad scheme it's not as dear as going to the cinema twice a week exactly yes yeah so what i'll start out with is uh what I was quite surprised about and actually didn't know was coming to Netflix until you told me about it, uh, Rebecca. It's a remake of the 1940 Alfred Hitchcock film based on the Daphne de Maurier novel. Um, it's directed by Ben Wheatley and... No relation. No. Stars Lily James as Mrs. De Winter. Uh, she becomes the new Mrs. De Winter. Uh, Army Hammer, who's Maxim De Winter, and Kirsten Scott Thomas, who plays Mrs. Danvers. So it's basically a story about Lily James as kind of a, I don't know what you would say, like a companion of an older American lady. She comes across Maxim De Winter. Uh, they fall in love, a world, world, whirlwind romance, and kind of go back to his estate in England. But his wife has recently died, kind of under suspicious enough circumstances she was a real life and soul of the party everybody loved her and uh, especially mrs danvers who's kind of like the the boss of the house i can't remember the correct downton abbey term but uh, she kind of runs the house and hates the new mrs de winter so it's kind of an absolute master show in gaslighting that goes on for the entire film and it kind of plays out. It's a very, we watched it on a Sunday afternoon. I think it's like the definition of a Sunday afternoon film. And what kind of surprised me is how little it felt like a Ben Wheatley film. Apart from there's a scene where there's a ball and there's a couple of scenes in that. We were like, oh, there's a bit of Ben Wheatley kind of craziness. Um, so I was just very surprised by the project. Wasn't that bowled over by it. It's not terrible, but it wasn't very, you know, like, oh, amazing. So, yeah, I, I, um, so I have a funny confession on this I have only watched half of this so my review will only be for the first hour but um, I've gotten this is the nature of video on demand uh, reviews uh, you sometimes hit pause and you have to come back to something later so um, yeah I think what it mainly got me thinking about was how this didn't feel like the event that used to come with a Ben Wheatley film he's been one of our shared favourite directors for I don't know, the best part of, would it be sort of 14, 15 years, I guess, at this point. And there used to be I've really fond memories. The The thing that 
did come to mind was when we watched A Field in England years ago. So this, before any kind of home viewing was a thing, um, they did a, a simultaneous uh, broadcast and cinema release with A Field in England, which I think it played on Channel 4 and was available in the cinema on the one day. And like, do you remember that? Like that was it. We made that yeah, as yeah, an event perfect. to view. Yeah. Yeah, and so like I don't know, just just in terms of not that his star has fallen, I don't mean that, but just it's not it didn't feel like such an event um as that. And yeah, it's very good. Really strong performances, um I thought, but uh yeah, it just leaves you a little bit cold um so far. But I'm only halfway through. Yeah, so I'd probably settle on maybe like a two and a half out or two to a three. What would you think? Uh yeah, three. On the first hour, you're giving it a three, okay. So we'll check in next month to see how the second panned out. Exactly. So I loved the I loved the France bits. Yeah. The South France parts at the beginning was kind of like a an ad for some sort of you know expensive fragrance or fashion. I also haven't seen the original, so I can't really compare it. It came out in 1940, which I was kind of like 80 years ago. So it's you know it's probably ripe for a, a remake. Yeah, very good. So I'm just gonna my my main cinema highlight from the last little while was um, a film festival selection from the Cork Film Festival, which uh, ploughed on despite uh, cinema restrictions in Ireland. They uh, put a virtual festival together uh, last week, and uh, that's a film from the Irish animation studio Cartoon Saloon called Wolf Walkers. So this came out in the UK on October the 30th and it was I think it was out for about a week and then UK cinemas uh, closed down so some people have seen it in the UK even fewer people have seen it in Ireland I think this is its this is considered as its Irish premiere they may have had some small local events in Kilkenny uh, where the film is sort of set um so it's uh sort of a folklore sort of story wolves are seen as demonic and nature um, is an evil that needs to be tamed. Um, and a young apprentice hunter, Robin, comes to Ireland with her from England with her father, which is who's voiced by Sean Bean. So it's a bit of a kind of a Game of Thrones nod there. Um, to wipe out the last pack of wolves. Um, but then uh, the young girl becomes friends with a native, like kind of like a wildling girl called Maeve, who it turns out is actually, you know, uh, part of the Wolf Walkers, and she kind of transforms into it. So it's all good fun. Um, and yeah, the kind of, it's, it's a real nod, like Cartoon Saloon really know what they're doing and they're telling stories that need to be told, um, to Irish children, probably to tell, keep these, um, these traditions alive. It's not quite up there with Song of the Sea, we thought, but then again, we watched it here on, on Sunday evening, um, and it just didn't quite feel like the event. But then again, if we were there in Cork or, you know, in a Galway uh, film fly or like situation, you, possibly you'd be, you know, you'd be even more sold on that. But it's it's very good. I imagine it'll be getting the Irish cinema releases on the, the minute that they reopen in December. Yeah, that is kind of the tough thing where like we love going to the cinema so much and you do miss that surround sound, big picture totally no distractions your phone's off you know you're not going to get up and make a cup of tea so it is hard to kind of yeah yeah give the film its due worth you know exactly and i do think i am finding now you were the first one that i knew doing this with the galway film fla 
back in July where they you did a couple of virtual screenings and then I did a similar thing when the London Film Festival was on in October. I did a bit of jiggery pokery with um, VPNs and UK addresses. They made it very hard to be in England while you're actually in Capra. But uh, I managed to do it and give them my money. That was the hilarious thing. Like, I just wanted to buy a film. So I watched a film called After Love, which was uh, really, really good. Um, I can't actually remember the name of the actress, but it's the story of a woman whose husband dies and then he had been... um, someone who had traveled a lot and uh you know it turned out he had a whole second life over in france so she goes over and kind of uncovers that and finds his you know infiltrates the other family and just a story of kind of you know like a good a good drama that i would never watch like on a kind of dodgy download or like even if it was on a tv you wouldn't go near it but because it was sort of framed within that festival buzz and i'd read reviews of it and everything so again um a good kind of job there um if we dig in then maybe into some of the stuff that's available across some of the on-demand services i think the unfortunate thing here is there's not much that both of us have seen so i think we'll just tick tack and go back and forth across um some of them the one i'm going to start with just is probably the one that had the biggest impact on me and i'll tell you my scenario of how i watch this and you'll quite enjoy this this is a film um called relic um which came out around halloween and had a few people talking about it i heard the mark kermode simon mayo film podcast talking about it but i didn't get to it and then i think about a week later i was kind of looking through reviews and seeing what was available where and i went and and got it it's on youtube for 6.99 in hd or if for some reason you want to pay 5.99 to watch it in sd that's a pet peeve of mine uh that people are still dividing that out but um it's a horror film um emily mortimer plays this woman's daughter uh who this woman sort of in this kind of country house uh probably has dementia she disappears her daughter and then her granddaughter um go to the you know this old country house which is kind of falling apart and they you know she you know she goes missing and then they're there for a while then the the mother just comes back and it's kind of like the house absorbs them i don't want to give too much away because it gets very 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 weird very creepy and i think they just deal with um dementia and you know elder care which I think is always is something that you can put into horror films, but they deal with it in a particularly kind of scary, but also tasteful sort of way. Um, so it's definitely worth checking out if you just want a good, proper scare. The reason I mention it is because I watched it in two parts at the insane hours of 10 p.m. for the um, first hour. I then kind of fell asleep and I watched it. I woke up um, in the middle of the night thinking about it and then watched the second hour at 5.30 in the morning before going to work that's absolutely insane Nigel so that's how to watch a horror film at 5 30 in the morning yeah at the true dead of night uh so did anything else catch your eye over the last while that's called relic by the way and I'm giving it definitely a four star maybe four and a half um it's really good okay cool uh yeah we rent a lot of films uh from YouTube actually because uh we were looking for old horror films over Halloween, so we got some good ones from that. So it's pretty handy, like just getting old and being like, yeah, I'll pay a fiver for some old film. It's also the right thing to do in terms of like supporting the film industry and cinema, like whatever about, you know, going to the cinema a couple of times a month, getting a few other films through other dodgier means at a time when cinemas are open right now, you know cinemas need us to buy vouchers or t-shirts or to give them money in some way but also distribution companies they really need all that they can get yeah uh so 
kind of I'll just talk quickly about the one on Disney. It's called Onward. Came out last year. Um, it's kind of set in a fantasy land where there's still magic and unicorns and elves and all this kind of stuff. So there's two brothers whose father uh, disappeared one day. And the younger brother never knew him or saw anything. But on his birthday, it must be his 16th or something like that, uh, he realises his dad left him uh, a, sp- a spell and a wand. No, like a staff to kind of do a spell and he'll get to meet his dad. But he kind of messes it up and only does half of it and half of his body comes back. So then the film is to go and find another stony crystal thing so they can finish the uh, spell and get to meet him so they kind of go on this madcap adventure and you kind of think it's a story about father-son relationships but then it becomes quite clear that it's about uh, brothers and uh, it's really nice really nice film has a lovely ending um that kind of take took me a bit off guard i was like oh i'm kind of surprised by that um but yeah really nice good characters um good animation it kind of got mixed reviews i think when it came out people are just a bit like but i kind of can see that it's it's a bit of a more grown-up story with a bit of a weight to it so it's not as um mightn't be as like young kid friendly yeah and then looking ahead looking ahead pixar and disney plus i think have another film coming out on christmas day called soul and it's going to be a freebie uh, if you're a subscriber, like it's not one of these things where you have to pay like with Mulan, where it was 20 euro. 30 like euro. This. Yeah. yeah. So J- Jamie Foxx kind of is a jazz pianist or something. So um, uh, I don't know too much about it, but um, apparently the animated studio's first film with a black lead character, which is kind of insane. I also dipped in and I watched uh, The Witches. Uh, did you have any interest in it yeah i can't wait to see it i I might watch the old one first and then kind of take a look at the new one yeah so it's um it's basically grand is how i would describe it i have a very personal kind of link with the first film of just being terrified by it oh yeah it was horrifying and by being really really scared of the book and everything and so uh this is not now i know i'm i'm obviously i'm not eight years old but uh it's just just didn't really affect me too much for anyone who doesn't know Anne Hathaway is playing the Angelica Houston the lead witch uh, Chris Rock is the kind of narrator and yeah it's grand I think the most interesting thing about it is that they've gotten a lot of flack from um, disability um, advocates and people uh, from from those communities uh, for just not showing uh, much body positivity by portraying some of the witches' characteristics with their hands and and uh, feet to be kind of negative kind of like things. So that's if that's the most interesting thing from the film. I'm not sure we're in great shape. Uh, it's grand. It's kind of completely forgettable. Two stars, two and a half, whatever. Okay, yeah. Uh, so I got suckered into, but not really because it's good value. Uh, getting a two month uh, Sky Movie subscription because I have Now TV. And they said, do you want two months of the movies for 10 euro? And I was like, yeah, grand. That's the price of two, two pints, Boric. That's two pints. Well done. Yeah. And I've all, we've already watched about seven films. So I'm like, yeah, perfect. Um, so the next is kind of going to just be a bit of a rambly. I think Nigel actually seen a fair few of these because most of them are from 2019. Uh, the first one is called Sword of Trust. It was Lynn Sheldon's last film and it stars Mark Maron. John Bass, uh, Michaela Watkins and Julian Bell. And um, it's a really nice kind of indie film. Mark Martin works in a pawn shop with John Bass as his assistant. And then uh, Michaela and Julian are 
uh, a couple and one of them, their grandfather died and left them this sword and it's concocted that it's the sword that proves that the South actually won the Civil War and they bring it to Mark shop to get evaluated and then it turns into a whole kind of adventure. Nothing really happens in it but it's just a really nice indie kind of Mark Marn is such a great actor um, just perfectly played um, so that's on Sky Glow has not been renewed even though they renewed it and then they unrenewed it the Netflix wrestling series yeah I heard that very disappointing um, so that's a good good show what's that called Pork as I take notes uh, Sword of Trust another one which you definitely saw yesterday I finally watched that hooray The Beatles brilliant um, Danny Boyle really didn't like it did you like the ending? No. Did you like when they brought back uh, someone? That was absolute nonsense. Cause can we spoil it? Oh, I think we can if people... If someone hasn't watched yesterday. Yeah, yeah so they bring back a John Lennon uh, type character. Because yeah. I remember you saw... It. it did get me thinking about Across the Universe. Remember Across the yeah. Universe? That's a proper... That's how to do a Beatles yeah, film. Yeah, I, I much preferred that. that. And you told me like, oh, there's something towards the end that I'm not going to tell you, but you'll know it when you see it. And then John Lennon's there and I was just like, ah, oh, fuck off. And I, there's a thing that really bugged me in it, the titles. There's loads of pointless titles that pop up at different times to display where they are and certain things. And they're all horrible and all different. And I'm just like, it's just really annoying. Um, there's some funny bits in it. It stars Himish Patel and uh, Lily James, who was also in Rebecca. Some cameos from Michael Kiwanuka, which is kind of funny and Ed Sheeran, but it's just, oh, it just, it kind of makes you be like, oh, I'm just going to go and listen to a load of Beatles songs now instead of watching this. Um, so very disappointed by that. Uh, I've two that have been out for a little while. Um, On the Rocks is an Apple TV film uh, that I've been telling you to watch. Apple TV is probably the trickiest one to get. Because not that many people have it. So the easiest thing to do was go to a sibling's house who had it, in my instance. But can't do that right now. Um, so find it in other ways. Uh, On the Rocks is Sofia Coppola's. Um, Coppola's um, it's sort of, it's set in New York. It's beautiful, looks lovely. It's a father-daughter uh, story where Rashida Jones and Bill Murray is her dad. And I just love the dynamic between them. Bill Murray is the best I've seen him in such a long time and uh yeah he's there as kind of like he just seems like the coolest dad who just kind of swans into town and like tries to solve all her life problems and tells her that you know her husband is having an affair and all this and you know so just to kind of validate his own thing and then so they're each kind of teach each other a thing but yeah it's a cool dynamic you don't see father-daughter kind of relationships like this uh, very often so that's called on the rocks absolutely loved it and you'll just have to find find it somewhere and uh one other one quickly then is uh lynn and lucy so this actually made it to irish cinemas in the summer um but i've just watched it now last week and um it's a british film kind of in the ken loach sort of world um Faisal Balufa is the director and it tells the story of two uh female uh friends um in their 30s they've both come to motherhood at different stages of their life so one of them has a a daughter who had it um who had her just after the GCSEs and then her best friend uh I can't remember which one is Lynn and which one is Lucy but uh, her best friend has just had a baby and yeah they both have kind of partners who aren't great and they're in i don't actually know what town in england but very 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 grim and things just kind of lynn gets a job in a hairdresser trying to kind of you know 
make something of her life a little bit, whereas Lucy's actually pulling in the other way. So it's just a good, nice uh, story of two friends and a few real sucker punches in the way that only, I think, British cinema can kind of punch you in the stomach and just tell you, now, that's shite, isn't it? So um, that's called Lynn and Lucy and really would recommend it too if you can find it it's it's on bfi player and other digital places so i think um uh, is this i can't remember ifi player possibly has it okay yeah. uh so i'm going to give a quick roundup of some like deezer films to watch on a friday when you're tired and you've had a few pints so first up is stuber it stars batista and camille nanjiani uh came out about a year ago he's an uber driver Batiste is a cop who has an eye operation and can't drive, so has to have a chauffeur for a day. And he's going around trying to catch uh, a guy who killed his partner the year before. Um, good fun. Three and a half stars. Did you see that? Uh, I did not see it. And I kind of wanted to um, because both of them are I'm big fans of both of those guys. So I look out for it. Yeah. Underwater stars Kristen Stewart and TJ Miller. It's basically aliens in the water. Um, TJ Miller is very funny in it but he's just playing tj miller and kristen stewart kind of playing kristen stewart um meh, it's kind of three stars nothing really to write home about uh little monsters is a new zealand no australian film uh, it stars lapita nyong'o and alexander england kind of a zombie film uh, lapita nyong'o is a kindergarten teacher who takes a group of kids to like a pet and zoo and it's right beside a US army base that is experimenting in zombies. They get they break out, get trapped in the um gift shop and have to fend off the zombies. And what's it called? Uh, little monsters. So that was good fun. It's kinda it's done well. The like gore is kinda comedy, very Shaun of the Dead, like uh, three and a half stars. And finally, kinda for the you know, Friday evening pints film, uh, the kitchen. Uh, I would give this three and a half stars. Stars Melissa McCarthy, Tiffany Haddish, and Elizabeth Moss, and it also has a bit of a mini cameo from Don Gleason. So that was I thought that was quite good. Um, it's three female, um, kind of growing up in an Irish American Hell's Kitchen area of New York. Their husbands get arrested for doing a job, and they then have to kind of make their own money and kind of start uh, turning to crime and offering protection. Kind of bit reminiscent of Widows, um, the uh, Steve McQueen film, but not kind of as stylistic or whatever, but it's good fun. It's quite violent and there's a big twist at the end, which I didn't see coming, which is quite good. So, yeah, there's some good choices there. The final film is one, though, that I think you actually have seen because it's why it peaked in my head. Um, Never, rarely, sometimes, always. Have you seen this? Yeah, it's one of my films of the year. Is that from this year? Yeah, yeah, it is. It uh, it came out, I think, in March and April of twenty twenty, and it's appeared up on Sky Movies. So, uh, really, really good, um, enjoyable mightn't be the right word. Um, so it's directed by Liza Hitman, and it concerns a character called Autumn, who's played by Sydney Flanagan. Um, yet to determine if she's Irish, I couldn't really figure that out. Um, and her cousin Skylar, who's played by um. Italia Ryder so Autumn uh, becomes pregnant and she kind of wants to get an abortion she doesn't want to have it but kind of topical at the moment she is in Pennsylvania where Joe Biden's from and there's a thing there where like a parent has to agree 
if the person is under 18 for the abortion to happen. So her and her cousin kind of get some money together and go to New York uh, to have the procedure carried out. And nothing major kind of like there's a couple of complications where they have to stay longer than they thought and then are just kind of roaming around New York. But really slow burning, quite tense at times where you're just you're kind of convinced something bad is going to happen. Like you almost think god like if the zaffy brothers directed this it's there's that kind of in the back of your head lingering and um but yeah just really really good story great character actors and um yeah it's really nice and also the best possible title the way it's revealed in the middle of the film um just really really enjoyed that yeah that will be in my end of year list next month uh very good uh another film with a very long with a long and meaningful title um is Borat, subsequent movie film delivery of prodigious bribe to American regime for make benefit once glorious nation of Kazakhstan. Um, so I actually I feel like you haven't even watched the Borat films or or the Borat film, the first one. I haven't seen the first one. No, it's yeah, it's kind of like the Anchorman, where I was like was very behind the times with it. Yeah, neither had a Colin or a few people. Anyway, look, it's uh, it's easy watching, but you know go back and watch the first one and then i think the most interesting part of this was simply how it broke into the news cycle 10 days before the election by trying to entrap rudy giuliani the president donald trump's lawyer um in a kind of you know situation but um yeah i think what i enjoyed behind it is actually interviews then that sasha Baron cohen did in real life he's actually an incredibly intelligent interesting person to be interviewed and you know he he this film is his attempt at kind of getting people to think about uh, society. It's grand. They watched it. They watched it on the English goggle box and they showed the clip of um, Rudy Giuliani. So I feel like I've seen the best bit from the film. Uh, yeah, exactly. I saw that episode of, of, of goggle box as well. And that was fun. I liked when things pop up from other, uh, from this world, you're like, Oh, this is what it used to be like when we all talked about the same thing. That was probably one of the first films in a long time where, it sort of broke around the news and lots of people were talking about the fact it was out. So again, that kind of thing is cool. Um, we haven't talked about I'm Thinking of Ending Things, the Charlie Kaufman film that went up on Netflix in late or mid-October or whenever that was. Um, I actually don't really... I'd rather have this conversation with you in person because it's a bit of a... It's a weird film. I liked a lot about it, but also I did think it was a bit saggy in the final act. But... Um, the first half an hour it's quite an intense film yeah like there's a like i really had to stick with it yeah but then i was glad i did and um but i don't want to watch it again but anyway jesse plemons and jesse buckley just play a new couple who are going to visit uh his family home and then it all gets very surreal sort of dream like you start questioning who's who there's cut cutaways to another era or a different place and you're trying to work out what's going on it's a good i don't know when you should watch this film i think you need to watch this film alone and probably um it's a bit like a horror film like a psychological thing because it'll just unnerve you a little bit um yeah it has a lot of echoes kind of of eternal sunshine with a lot of that kind of jumping timelines characters mixing up like about half an hour in you kind of figure out oh, this is what's going on because certain things are changing and blah, blah, blah. And then it gets more and more intense. And then you're like, Jesus, this is really dark. And then it kind of, you remember back to the start and you're like, oh, right, okay, that's what that's about. And then the end, 
don't know if I fully got the thing with the pig, but <laughs> um, yeah, it's very enjoyable. It's a, it's a really kind of worthwhile film, but like, would a, would I love to see it in the cinema? Yes, exactly. All right, we'll. I th- I think that's about all. We've watched a few other things, but they're about all the other things kind of worth talking about. Um, I I do need to, and I've got to ask you because I haven't seen you, but are you watching on the television The Mandalorian? Yeah, I've watched the first two episodes. Still need to watch the third. Uh, I'm enjoying it. Um, but again, it's very episodic. Yeah, I think it's brilliant. Yeah, but it's made to actually be watched at home. Yeah, the second episode was actually Western, where like he rides into town. And everybody's coming out of their shop front and he has a standoff in a bar. Um, but yeah, no, it's very enjoyable. But like, you know, there's not a whole lot of depth to it, but it's fun. No, but I, that's what I like. It's just like 40 minutes of perfectly put together escapist. Uh, it, it's far better than the Star Wars film we were looking forward to a year ago. Yeah. We'll put it that way. Um, so I guess we'll probably wrap up there. Um, we will be back in a couple of weeks with something that I think has slipped your attention. It will be our 100th episode next month pork what wow that's so amazing we'll have to put some thought into that yeah we'll do two podcasts in the month of december we're going to look back at 2020 and the shit show that was this year and pick out you know there have been standout films and some positive experiences but um i think we should also do a decade uh look back of some sort and we'll put both of those out or should we do a top 10 of the 100 podcasts we won't pick, pick our 10 favorite podcasts, but maybe yeah, like 10 films over the 100 episodes. That's definitely audience centric. Yeah, we'll just do a clip show. That's like Friends. Um, <laughs> so that's what we'll do. That's what we'll do. But anyway, so we'll be back with the, with two podcasts next month. Um, and yeah, maybe we should do three. Maybe we should do a Christmas viewing. I don't know. We, we just better suck it up that we're not going to get to get to the cinema for a little bit. I wonder bit. what's going to happen in the lighthouse. Are they going to have their month of December films? Probably not. Are cinemas going to be allowed open before the end of the year? Who knows? Mixed information uh, being shown there. Yeah, I do think, I mean, this has been talked about to death, but I think we'd all agree they're not they're not a source of of like danger. I wouldn't have thought we're all going in. No, not even slightly. I do think what they could have done is encouraged people to wear their mask when they're not eating like if you can tolerate sitting you know it's all there was very much a once you get to your seat throw the mask on the ground like you may as well cough and spit do as much as you can but like the measures they had in place were phenomenal it just was quite a kind of empty soulless experience going to the cinema there for a while so um don't know we we'll see they don't have much uh to put in there for the month of December. That's probably the bigger problem that they don't have, you know, a James Bond or that Pixar film soul, all this, or weren't we meant to have Wonder Woman and all this sort of stuff this autumn so or and winter. Yeah. So uh, that's where we are. But sure, we'll leave it there. Keep watching and we'll chat soon. Thanks very much. Bye. Well, hey. I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Take one. Do you want anything from the shop? Call it out. Chocolate. It doesn't say anything about a chocolate, does it?